podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. And we're back after K-State's eighth straight Big 12 win. It's some crazy long streak that ESPN kept talking about, you know, since the 70s. Uh, it's legit, you know. It's time to start dreaming. But before we get too deep into it, let's talk about Tick Splits. It is the official ticket provider of all of us here in the Armchair Media Network. Unlike any of the other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and basically take away money from you that you don't know about. What you see is what you pay at Tick Splits, and you don't have to check any boxes. You don't have to go through any hoops to see it. It is right there for you. If you go to Tick Splits right now and use promo code ARMCHAIR, you receive 5% off. And remember, what you see is what you pay. Guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. Use that to get in there. Uh, we play Iowa State next Saturday. The tickets are almost gone on kstatesports.com. This is going to be an official sellout. So you're going to have to get your tickets on the secondary market. So go to our friends at Tick Splits. Do Grant, it. how are you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I would go to Tick Splits too. I've already gotten like three tickets off of that site. Um, it's we have You get 5% off, so you should just definitely use it. It's solid. Um, I'm doing great. We've won eight games in a row. Um, feel pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing right now. Um, I I won't lie to you. I, I I was panicking on Twitter. It was not even the Scott Wildcat reverse jinx or anything like that. This was a 100% real. I was panicking during this game. And, man, am I happy that we really turned it on. We'll talk about the run a little bit later. But just, you know, Macro, how are you feeling? Like, it, it's insane to be sitting here. It is insane. I mean, unthinkable. We were when we were, you know, two games down starting the Big Twelve. There was a point in the season, like a five game, five six game stretch, where, you know, I just hated this team. I was like, I had no idea what we were going to get out of them for the rest of the year, and we just looked absolutely atrocious. I was thinking we'd be lucky to get to five hundred in the conference, and now we've won eight in a row, and we're sitting alone at the top right now. Um, it's great, and you know, today's game. You did have a bit of a, a a bit of a panic attack on on Twitter.com. It was one of those weird days where I didn't really feel any nerves about about today's game. I always kind of felt confident we were going to win. Um, I mean, when the game was going on, I was there was a lot of things that were pissing me off to no end. But I never really felt like we were going to lose. It's funny how that can happen sometimes. <laughs> Well, I, I definitely did, and we'll get to it when we talk about the second half. But, you know, the ball goes up in the first half, and I tell you what, we were winning at halftime by three, but it just did not feel good. I, I, I wasn't feeling good about that first half. Like, Barry Brown, and let, let's just talk about first half. We'll keep in the first half right now. What was going on with him was – some folks, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was Derek Young. I don't know who 
said it, but almost made reference to if Barry Brown's not healthy enough to drive and get to the bucket, you might look at pulling him out. Was there talk before the game about him being hurt? What I didn't I mean, see anyone talking about Barry being hurt. Um, I'm not sure if he's banged up or not, but his left knee was like braced up. So he certainly seemed more passive offensively. You know, he had no interest in penetrating, trying to penetrate the Baylor zone. He just kind of, but he, you know, he, I thought he kept pace defensively and was absolutely on par in that regard. So who knows? Yeah. So that, that, that first half, it, it really was frustrating from him. Uh, and honestly, you know, Dean and Mac, I feel like, especially in the first half, just had no interest in playing defense. And that was really what was a little shocking to me uh, and what, what brought on this early on sent, you know, panic attack because, you know, that's our bread and butter. And if, if you if your two, like, bigs, your two forwards aren't going to, you know, contest anything inside, that's, uh, you know, that's a recipe for disaster no matter who you're playing. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like almost every possession they would go down and it seems like they scored every time or at least got three offensive rebounds. It was extremely frustrating. And Mac and Dean were a step slow on several switches that led to a lot of Baylor baskets. And honestly, Dean just didn't have the quickness to stay with Gillespie who was, I mean, really solid. Mac was struggling, you know, pretty big time turning the ball over. He just wasn't, I feel like, both offensively and defensively, Mac had absolutely no awareness, at least in the first half. You know, he would get killed on a switch or be a step behind, and then he would have an open look in the paint on the offensive end and then put it on the floor needlessly. But he had 6.7 rebounds, so, you know, he wasn't completely anonymous like like he was at KU, honestly. Well, we might uh, touch on Mac a little bit later, but I, I might we might actually have to have a, a little bit of debate about McCall's game. Um, but before we move on into the second half, uh, I do want to give a shout-out to Xavier Sneed. While he was riddled with fouls and didn't do much in the second half, in the first half he was one of the guys who was able to get some buckets. He was able to hit a couple shots, and he was one of the reasons why we were leading at halftime despite, you know, not really having a game you felt great about going in at half. Yeah, he came out, like, super aggressive. He was confident, I guess, checking shots. There was He was a nice spark for us early in the game. Um, you know, he only went 4 of 12, 1 from 5 from 3, but it seemed like he made more than that. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, no, and it really did happen, I think, in that first half. Um, so we go in at half. What What are you thinking? I I, uh, I didn't check your timeline. I'm not sure if you gave <laughs> a bunch of insights at halftime, but uh, – you know, I, I already said what I was feeling. You know, I I didn't think we played well. I was super happy we were up by three. What was going through your head, especially since you were the confident one all game? I don't know. I mean, I felt pretty good being up three, um, and I thought we played not particularly well. I mean, especially on the defensive end, I figured that, that we were going to tighten those screws up, you know, eventually. And just depth-wise, um, I figured – eventually they're going to slow down there without two of their best guys. And when it gets into the thick of the thick of things later in the game, we should have an advantage. And that actually kind of worked out that way. <clears throat> well, yeah, we get into the second half, but it, it sure took a while for it to happen because as they came out of, you know, came out after halftime, Baylor did exactly 
what they wanted to do. They were keeping you out of the paint. They were getting easy buckets, and they were just basically prison balling you when they were on defense. Anytime we got inside the three-point line, they were banging on us. And I don't know. Bruce was saying this in uh, the post-game press conference, or I guess not the press conference, his media availability was Stan and Wyatt, because I just listened to this before we hopped on Skype. Um, he was saying, and, you know, I hate the whining about referees and all that type of stuff, but he made a point where he was like, he doesn't think the Big 12 referees call enough fouls on Baylor because there's this perception of, oh, people go to zone when they don't want to foul. Um, and maybe that's a perception. Maybe that's in the back of the head of referees. I don't know. But, you know, that definitely is not the case with Baylor. They are a, yeah. you know, a pri- they're not giving up anything. Once you come inside the three-point line, they're going to bang on you. I mean, we, they were extremely physical. And, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the foul count was by at, off the top of my head, but – I, I mean, I tend to agree with that, but the narrative I'm always pushing is, you know, if you're if you're a winner, then you'll win. So who gives a shit about the refs? But I definitely do agree. Um, it seemed like we were getting just mugged inside constantly, and there were some really questionable calls, particularly the cam travel where, you know, he just got blasted from behind, and the guy had a, literally had a hold of his arm. So I don't know. That, they called it a travel, and it was one of the more obvious fouls I've seen in basketball ever. So I don't think the refs had a great game. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not a referee, you know, shamer. Uh, Baylor did end up with 17 fouls. We ended up with 14 granted, you know, they were fouling late to, you know, extend the game, but you know, I I did think it was an interesting call out by Bruce uh, to say that because that is something that, you know, is always in the back of my head when I see teams, zone i think oh well they probably won't foul so it would be interesting to get a a big 12 ref on anonymously and see if that plays any part of it so um like i said baylor was doing exactly what they were wanting k-state was frustrated they didn't find a rhythm at all the first you know 10 minutes of that game all of a sudden we're down seven and i'm you know full panic Jimmy, KSU fan, he he was agreeing with me. He was like, you know, it's starting to look that way. Uh, to your credit, although you did have some uh, some interesting tweets, you did say, well, I'm not predicting us to lose. So I want to make sure I always give credit where credit is due because you were 100% right. But how were you able to stay calm in that moment? We're down seven. We have absolutely nothing cooking on offense. Uh, we're seemingly not able to stop them because not only are they getting some – cheap easy buckets but they were hitting shots with you know hands in the face like legitimately good defense i was just yeah. thinking well damn it it's one of those nights it's just not going to happen how were you able to keep your cool i don't know <laughs> it's just it was just one of those games where i just inexplicably felt confident that we were going to win from the start but you know basketball it's a game of runs we were down what six seven at one point Forty-eight to forty-one was the biggest uh, deficit that we had in that second half, and that's when we turned things around, I think. And you know, we hit a hit a big three. Um, I think it was Barry hit a big three, and then uh, Cam got fouled on a three-point shot, and right then, that's quick six points, and we cut it right down. I could be wrong; that might be another point in the game. But um, and again, just just referencing back to the depth, um, I knew late in the game that we're going to get some chances to 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 run on these guys and we're going to get second chance points because we're just going to wear them down They're They were short, short guys. So ended up, and also, you know, uh, I think we, Bruce took out his little hammer and broke the glass and activated Cardi. Cause 
we went on that 13 to two run and it, it was really sparked by Cartier Jada because you know he scored all of his 10 points in the game in that final 10 minutes and you know he's he's starting to feel himself I'm liking it yeah so actually it was Cardi who hit that three uh you were correct it was 48 41 it was That's Baylor's right. biggest I lead wasn't sure if Cardi, it was Cardi or Barry <laughs> yeah Car- it was a assist by Barry but Cardi hit that shot with 939 and then we were able to you know get a uh a foul called on Baylor because they actually got another one of their offensive rebounds coming down and then we were able to draw a foul and then we came down Cam hit those three free throws and you know it was you know off to the races after that uh during that 13 to 2 run you said it it was really Cardi who helped you know break us out of the shell and then we were also able to see Barry Brown finally turn it on and probably the biggest highlight of the game was that Barry Brown dunk that came from Cartier Jada who and folks I don't think a lot of people picked up on this it was one of the listeners of Bob Mitchell Holiday he tweeted at me he was like yeah and that was his right hand and everyone knows Cardi is a lefty so that makes it even crazier that he was able to do that play I jumped out of my seat here in my apartment I went nuts I started banging my chest in the LeBron James pump down and all sorts of stuff what was you're at the peanut watching the game what was the reaction like when that play happened well there weren't that many people there so uh, I don't think many people were watching the game what Um, was your reaction my reaction was I mean I was just like in awe I mean that was an unreal skill pass over and in between two defenders with his non-dominant hand falling out of bounds and he got the steal so I mean Cardi's a freak he's he's only a sophomore I can't wait to see more and more highlights like this from him in the future but you know we we really do credit us turning that around being down eight to to Cartier <clears throat> yeah and then so from that point on you know we go on that 13 to 2 run and at that point, that's when the nerves start to calm down. You're starting to think, all right, here we go. Barry Brown's starting to cook. Uh, and then, believe it or not, you know, I know this is going to come as a shock to almost every K-State fan, but we started hitting free throws down <laughs> the stretch. How nice was that to see after, uh, you know, the fact that you didn't hit free throws was the reason KU stayed in the game as long as they did uh, earlier in the week? I mean, it was huge. I Missing free throws is extremely tough to watch. It's one of the more frustrating things on earth. Um, but this team's trying to win a championship, man, and they've got a core of seniors that are extremely tough, and I think that is kind of bleeding into the rest of the team. Um, I think they're really starting to believe at this point. <clears throat> well, speaking we'll of that believing. Stuff later. Oh, yeah, no, but speaking of believing, <laughs> again, I'm going to take a damn victory lap on this. Because the player of the game, the guy who had it in the first half and the second half, not only on offense but also on defense, was our guy, Cam Stokes. I mean, it was a banner day for all of us Cam defenders out there. Um, And I think it – I at least hope that we're getting to the point where we don't even have to make reference to this online battle. But there's still a couple idiots on Twitter – who will try to detract from him when he has a good game and still not buy in. And that's just, I mean, that just pisses me off. But a game like tonight is just a game that folks will never give him enough credit for, but he played almost perfectly. 
He had 20 points. He was 50% from the field, 7 for 7 from the free throw line. He grabbed 6 rebounds, had 4 assists, and he had steals as well. This guy was all over the court, and he was the only thing that was rolling for us at different points in the game. Yeah. Hey, well, there are a lot of idiots on Twitter. Um, there, are, there will always be Cam haters, and there will always be Bruce haters, no matter what. You know, I saw a guy on Twitter when we were down in that 48-41 uh, <laughs> time period basically say, you know, this is Bruce, just starting to put it on Bruce, and it's just like, man, sick of seeing that. We're top of the Big 12 right now. But uh, yeah, Cam, absolutely it, MVP for sure. Um, I mean, he's, he's outstanding keeping the ball moving. Played really tough in your face defense. Got got six boards tonight, which is hilarious. I mean, he deserves all the backing in the world. He's crucial to our team. Yeah, and he and every time the ball went up, uh, and you, you need to see this in a game where uh, you know you're really getting beat on the offensive glass for a long period of time. The ball was going up, and Car and Cam. Uh, as a point guard usually does, you usually get in a position where you need to receive a pass. He finally just said, screw it. I've had enough of this. Every time the ball went up, he started crashing the glass himself. And it's insane to see this guy who's listed at six foot. No way he's actually six foot. Putting his body on the line and doing that and not just being inspired. I really hope, you know, all, all the guys, you know, t- saw what was going on and were able to kick it up another gear. I just... I can't say enough about that cam performance. I, I'm just so happy, just over the moon for him because Bruce said it when he was on with Sam White. You know, Dean has had his game. Cam or Barry has had his game where they lead the team, and he goes, "Well, Cam's had his, you know, versus Southern Miss, but he really wanted him to have a big performance in a Big 12 game where he led the team." And I think this is, was kind of his, you know, senior moment. If things go the way we hope they do for the rest of the season and you're doing the commemorative YouTube video, this is the game that Cam Stokes will feature prominently. Yeah, he was solid. He deserves all the props in the world. I mean, he had a he had a great game. What did he end up total with? He ended up with the 20 points. I mean, and, yeah, man, and it seemed effortless. I mean, if, if you look, at, if you go back and just rewatch the game, or if you, talk, if you call someone up right now and said, hey, how many points do you think Cam Stokes had? They'd probably say, oh, 12, you know, maybe 14. But the guy had 20, and it, and it, it didn't even look Herculean. You know, if, if Levi Stockard had 20 points, you would notice it, you know. You, you would say something had to happen. No, that was just Cam stepping up for the team and doing what he needed to. That So... I don't know. I love the guy. Another guy I love. Uh, we, we've talked about him throughout the entire podcast. Cardi, he had all 10 points in the second half. He had forces, two steals. He had the play of the game. Uh, this cat is absolutely cooking now. Like, I again, I, I think I said it in the last pod. I was like, you know, it's almost getting to the point where you, you definitively say Cardi is back. Um you know, are are we getting a little spoiled here, or do we think that this really could be uh, a game that we can see from him for the remainder of the season? I hope so. I mean, he dunked himself just—he dunked himself into another level. Um, he's he's certainly in good form. We'll say that. Um, but having Cardi back, back as as a weapon, if we could get a consistent ten points out of him, it would be it would be huge. Takes a lot of pressure off of the starting guards, and <clears throat> I don't know. I. I I don't know if I'm quite ready to declare to stamp it. Cardi's officially back, but um, we're there. If not, we're, we're we're real real close. So he's not. It's not 
written on the outline, but I do want to talk about Mike McGurl for a second. He did struggle in his very limited minutes uh, on defense. He got worked a couple times. I don't think we saw him in the second half. Granted, that's because you do have Cardi, and he was playing so well, so you don't necessarily need him. But how frustrating do you think it is for a guy like Mike McGurl who can't seem to ever find rhythm and be able to string together uh, productive games, back-to-back games, or even back-to-back weeks. I'm sure it's pretty frustrating. Um, I don't know if it's because, you know, he's just young, if he's not getting consistent time. Um, it's probably difficult to to really have much confidence when you don't really get consistent, you know, consistent minutes i mean he's what the fourth fourth guard on the death chart probably um and it's just i don't know i I feel like he hasn't really found his identity yet um i know he's a good defender and he's got a nice quick release shot but the only time that's really ever been a factor is that west virginia comeback so i think you know mike's just young and he'll he'll either come into a role of his own and and be a be a prolific guy or he'll always kind of stay that role player guy. So it'll be interesting to see what he turns into. Well, and granted when you, when you're graduating, your you know, two best guards next year, he's going to have a role, but I just, I, I would love to get into the psyches of, of him specifically because all the talk and we even heard Bruce say it, uh, you know, I, when we talked to him in the beginning of the season, how well he did in the off season, uh, but it comes back to something that he preached in that interview. He's preached it in other interviews and it's other folks just saying, hey, we need these guys to buy in and find that role. And I think that, you know, some of them still may be struggling with that a bit because, you know, they saw themselves improve so much in the offseason, yet you still have to come in. You're behind Barry. You're behind Cam. You're behind X. And now that Cardi's really accepted his role as the energy guy who can give you 10 points and a shot in the arm off the bench, I, I, I would love to know what was going through Mike McGurl's head right now. But, you know, that that's basketball for you. That for you. And, you know, Cardi's a hot hand, so we're going to ride with Cardi. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm not advocating for it. It's just an interesting case study and, you know, the psyche behind uh, scholarship athletes. It, it would for just be sure. interesting it to would talk be, about. Yeah, it would be pretty difficult to be in that position. But, you know, hey, as long as, like you said, it's it's about players' roles. If Mike is, continues to be comfortable being that guy, just just doing what he needs to do for the team and being a role guy, then that's going to be perfect for now because that's working for everyone. And I'll say this right now, before it's all said and done, there will be a game that, that he will have an opportunity to come and be a massive part of a win. And you just got to hope that he's there in the right headspace to deliver when we need him to. For sure. Um, so we're going to move on to Dean Wade. So if you just look straight at his stat line, 12 points, six boards, you think, oh, you know, g- decent game from Dean. Uh, but it the thing that I am kind of frustrated with and, you know, you, you can tell me if I'm being too harsh on the kid, but he went four for 10 from the field, zero for two from three. And it was just another game where he looked too timid, even shooting 10 shots just didn't look like he was confident. It looked like he just hates being touched. He hates having to be physical on the field, on the court. And I think that led to what I thought was a very underwhelming 12 and six. I don't know if he was timid per se, but 
Um, Baylor's physicality certainly affected him, and I think it affected both of our bigs because Mac and Dean both looked a little bit shook down low. But, um, yeah, I, I, I get the feeling that Dean has been a bit unlucky when he's down low. It seems like he's been getting mugged, at least, especially tonight and last week. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Dean is – we know that Dean's not some junkyard dog that's going to be able to go at those big – big Baylor guys um he is a little on the softer side and at least physically when it comes to being in the paint but Dean's super skilled so that's that's where he has the advantage but I'd like to see him get his perimeter game going a little bit better <clears throat> yeah that, that is something I'd like to see I I do want I I say all this but with all things you know there is a qualifier but those six rebounds did come on the offensive side and he was able to keep some possession alive, get get a couple second shots for the team. So that is a massive thing. So I and I don't want to take anything away from it. That and when he gets offensive boards, you can see him working out there. You can see he truly is one of the smartest basketball minds on the court. Because when a shot goes up, he knows exactly where on the floor he needs to be to put himself in a position to grab that rebound. So uh, again, I. We're, we want Dean to be a first-team All-American. That we're, that's why we nitpick him. Uh, all, if you just look at it on on paper, face value, he truly did end up having a probably plus game on the floor, not a minus game. Uh, Xavier Seed kind of did have a minus game. We talked about his first half, about how he was one of the few guys who gave us some energy gave us uh you know some production but just went anonymous in the second half because he got quick early fouls and ended up you know spending most of the second half on the on the bench with four fouls what are you walking away from this game thinking was Xavier Sneed um not nothing really too negative um I I was interested it was interesting interesting to see him come out shooting so much he was very confident um and he was shooting decently well in the beginning of the game, but kind of got a cold streak going and um, then started to get in foul trouble. And I don't know. I, I think it's nothing to be too concerned about. Um, occasionally that happens. People people get in foul trouble, and that affects you know their game holistically. So nothing I'm too deeply concerned about. <clears throat> well, something that I, I legitimately am concerned about and – you, uh, you you might need to argue with me here because Matt Hall's not to do it, and neither is Jimmy because both of these guys have, uh, you know, argued with me a little bit on this point. But I'm starting to not even buy into what they said because, quite frankly, I thought McCall Maywean did not have a good game defensively. He had a super poor game offensively. Yes, he went three for eight from the field, which, you know, four – that's like, what, 40%, something around there. He grabbed some rebounds, but he had five turnovers. That's insane for a big guy to have that. It's insane for anybody to have five turnovers in a game, especially in a game where K-State only had 11. Yeah. It's it's like a 50-50 proposition when he gets past the ball, whether or not we're going to turn it over Mac is really yeah. struggling in it. Um, I'm. I mean, I agree and, with you. I'm not going to be the one to argue with you. Uh, and and he wasn't in the, the whole the whole argument that uh, Matt Hall made when we were sitting in you know a week ago sitting 
in the KSO frat house down in Stillwater was, oh, he's one of the best on-ball defenders, and oh, he's one of the best guys when it comes to defending a screen. There are a couple times he got burnt, you know, switching on a screen that just led to layups and dunks. I mean, if if you're not gonna, if he's not gonna be able to give you, you know, that very good defense, then I, I mean, I understand that Levi Stockard is not capable of giving you game in, game out you know, plus production at the five spot in the big 12. I understand that, but eventually you have to start really taking a look at Bruce and co's lack of the ability to find a sec, oh, excuse me, a second quality five for games like this, where Mac just is a liability. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think Mac's really, really struggling right now. Um, but frankly, I just feel like, those Baylor bigs were quicker than all of our big guys, um, and we had a hard time staying with them and switching the, with them in general. Um, guards were getting burnt. All big men were getting burnt. I wouldn't put it all on Mac, but he's definitely struggling. I mean, he's in he's in really poor form right now. The five turnovers were maddening because he's getting himself he's in position, then he gets the ball and he pulls himself out of position. It's like a it's like a striker who gets through on goal and then he dribbles away from the goal. It's very weird. Um, and he just seems so weak. I don't know what it is. He can't hold on to the ball. But I don't know. Not a great day for our big men down low. They were getting bullied pretty badly. <clears throat> well, I'm hoping they turn it around. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the de- Texas game here in a second. But before we do it, I do want to chat real quick. My bookie. Hey, guys, they're still doing the promo code BOYS25, 50% deposit bonus. Uh, I'm watching, you know, in the background here, the Alliance for American Football. So if you still want to gamble on football, well, guess what? You degenerates, you have an entire new league to gamble on. Uh, you can get your fix, do it at my bookie, put some money down on the Cats to win the Big 12. Hell, put some money on the Cats to go to the Final Four, win the whole damn thing. I don't care. You guys are so smart. Anything you bet on is probably going to win. Bankrupt my bookie, take him to town, use the promo code BOYS25, and let's get to paper. So, moving forward, all right, you know, here we go. It's, you know, we're in full-on dream mode. Full-on title, title race right yeah. now. Yeah, so, I mean, so we're going to Texas on Tuesday. And as we're recording this, they're playing at West Virginia. So, you know, I'm hoping that their charter plane – uh, breaks down before they're in the air. I don't want any sort of air catastrophe, but, you know, I want them to get back to Austin late on Sunday. You know, I'm going full, full-fledged, you know, let's let's tamper. Let's do whatever we have to do to win. So the, it's in the second half right now. They're at 44-31. Um, you know, and that's a tough place to play. They're really starting to feel themselves. The last time we lost a Big 12 game, they absolutely demolished us. You know, it was a 20-point win. Yes, we didn't have Cam Stokes. We didn't have Dean Wade, and yes, we were we were even up, you know, in the second half before. Uh, quite frankly, we just kind of quit. But they are a very talented team. Shaka Smart is a very talented coach. Uh, we just talked, you know, for ten minutes about how we struggle with Baylor's bigs. Well, Texas's bigs are far more talented and polished and legitimate NBA caliber guys. How worried are you? about those matchups, seeing how bad we struggled with Baylor's bigs. I don't feel very good about it. Um, <laughs> I disagree with you. I don't think Austin's a tough place to play at all, though, by any no, means. No, no, no. I no, I wasn't saying Austin was tough. I was saying 
that they're at West Virginia and that was a Oh, okay. I misunderstood. Well, yeah, I'm hoping no, you're fine. I'm hoping that the boys, you know, just look at this as a as a revenge tour. But also, I think we're fully locked in right now. They know this is a a, a legitimate title race. Um, I expect us to be engaged on on Monday, and I think we'll be ready to roll. But I don't feel great about it. Um, this just kind of seems like a game <laughs> that we drop. You know, I, I love I love that entire thing. They're re- they're locked in. Well, I, re- they're I, revenger, I, but then you don't feel good. I, well, I personally, <laughs> as a fan, don't feel great about this game in general. But I think that the guys are fully focused. But um, it just seems like a game that we're gonna drop. But you know, going into the stretch, I was thinking, you know, this four game stretch. Um, I was hoping, you know, we could come out of it two and two, and I thought that that would look pretty good for for our chances of like a big 12 title share. But at this point now I'm just like, let's roll. Let's just go. Let's roll baby. Let's just, I think that we are genuinely the best team in the conference and let's just go. Let's go to Austin and win it. Let's, let's go four and in this stretch. Who cares? Who's going to stop us? Okay. Well, let's, let's hear your keys V. If we are going to get that win, Ooh. what do we need to do? Man, I, I'd like to rewatch that Texas game, but also that's like the last thing I want to do. Um, I remember getting absolutely gashed by them from the perimeter. So one thing we need to do is not let them beat us from the outside. Um, you know, we have Cam Stokes back, and we have a, a fully healthy team. Well, maybe. Maybe Barry is a little bit banged up, but let's say we're fully healthy. Obviously, we didn't have Cam in that first game at Texas, so that's going to help us. But limit their three-pointers limit their three pointers and um, hang our hat on our defense. Continue to play elite defense. That's what this team's all about. If we, we come out at any team with – 100%, you know, defensive focus, defensive intensity. We're going to have a chance to win every single game. And I think we're starting to shoot better, so I feel all right, man. Let's let's do it. What are your keys to V at Texas? Well, I so I pulled up the box score from that Texas game, you know, as everyone recalls, 20-point loss, 67-47. They went 52% from 3 in that Fabris guy, Fabris guy, who went 7 for 9. So I I really like, you know, perimeter defense. We have to be attacking the perimeter, uh, you know, just full bore. You cannot, you cannot let them do that again. If we, I'll say this right now, if we give up 50% from the three point line, we're going to lose. So I, I I like what you're saying, but I, I think, I think what it really comes down to is my first key is you need a plus game from Mac. Uh, I and, and again, I I acknowledge I've been probably tougher on McCall than most people in the quote unquote media or even in the visible fan circles. Um, I I understand that, um, but to truly get a win in this game, I think you're going to need something from him because for better or worse, you haven't had an anonymous game from anyone else in the starting half or in the starting lineup for a very long time. Eventually, you're going to have a game where, hey, maybe Cam doesn't give you double digits, or hey, maybe you know Dean Wade instead of me complaining about 12 points, it's closer to four points. We're going to need eventually Mac to step up in a game, and I'm afraid it might be this one. So the first thing I need to see is a plus game from Mac, and the other thing that I really want to see for a key to V is to just play with that. We are the best swagger. I want to start. I want to start walking into gyms, you know, and having the team know they are the best, and that it's going to take a an A plus game from the other team 
to beat us. I want to see just start playing with that confidence because we start seeing it. Once we start playing with the confidence in the games, it usually comes in the second half. We're able to go on our own 13 to 12 run or a 15 to six run, or we start throwing these dunks down. And at that point you're, it's unstoppable. So if you can come into the game and have that from the tip, you know, I, I think we pull off the win. So uh, those are my keys. Um, Anything to add before we go to a straight-up prediction for the Texas game? Well, I – yeah, I, not really. I, it's funny because you talk about confidence, and I think Derek Young had some a string of tweets talking about how K, this K-State team just is exuding confidence in the locker room. So I, I mean, we may already be there or getting close to that swagger feeling. So we'll be inter- I'll be interested to see how Monday pans out. <clears throat> yep, so all right, let's hear it. The Grant underscore – KSU official prediction for the K-State Texas game in the drum down in Austin. Does K-State get to nine straight conference wins? Cats get revenge. They stay a game and a half um, ahead and solely in first place. Um, I have us. I have us at seventy-two to sixty. So I am going to say Texas sixty-seven. K-State 64. It's the first time I've predicted a loss in a very, very, very long time. Um, I, 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 I don't I, – I just think eventually we're bound to have another down game. I know uh, Texas A&M was only a few weeks ago, so hopefully it's, it's not coming around the corner. But I do think that they might start peeking ahead at that Saturday game versus Iowa State. It's going to be a sellout. Uh, the hype is going to be real around that game. And I think that Texas is starting to hit their stride. And quite frankly, I think they're, if not the most talented team uh, on paper, uh, the second most talented team on paper in the Big 12. And I think they're really starting to, you know, find themselves. So I think we're going to be playing them at a very bad time. Uh, so I'm saying Texas 67, K State 64. It's now we've got it's a heartbreak. We've got revenge. We got blood on our, we got uh, we got blood on our mind. Well, good. I hope you're right. So let's uh, talk about rest of the Big 12. The biggest, you know, storyline in the Big 12, uh, you know, on Thursday and Friday is it came out that LeGerald Vic has left KU indefinitely to handle some personal matters. Um, if what I'm hearing is accurate, I have no way to know if it's 100% accurate. Uh, I just want to give props to LeGerald Vic uh, for taking care of his family and, you know, doing what's best for his family. Um, you know, that, I, I had a tweet that said, oh, this sounds like Vic has been kicked off the team. Um, I don't believe that's the case anymore. And uh, I hope he's able to handle all his family business. And if what I'm hearing is true, good for him. Uh, because for better or worse, there are a lot of things more important than college basketball for fans and for players, but it has to be tough for him to walk away and do what's best, uh, you know, to help out family and family members. But I want to give props to him. Um, so, Couldn't agree more. Wish him the best. Yeah, definitely. So uh, they, they did bounce back. Uh, they beat Oklahoma State, but, man, it was a tight one. I was actually at the peanut and OP with my little brother and some of his friends uh, and his wife watching that game. And they were not on it at all in the first half. They eventually end up blowing them out in the second half. But 
uh, with Vic out, with Marcus Garrett out. Um, you know, I, a couple freshmen man. got hot and yeah, a couple just... freshmen got hot, but still, the the rest of the Big Twelve has to be circling and smelling blood in the water. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think Kansas loses two to three more games. I mean, as long as Vic's out and Vic was struggling anyway, so they're they're not. I don't think they're going to win on Monday at TCU. I I really don't, unless you know TCU is still buzzing from that big win today in, in Ames, but. They just don't. They don't have the debt. They're four guys down right now. It's not. It's not good. <laughs> I, I kind of well, agree. Yep. Um, the next one of all the contenders playing Texas Tech beat Oklahoma pretty easily, uh, 66-57. Uh, again, Texas Tech similar to K State with not quite as good of offense or defense. I would call them, you know, K State light or diet K State maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but they're still in contention. But the biggest game of the weekend when you want to talk Big 12 championship hunt is Iowa State just gets demolished by TCU. And only being a nine-point deficit in the final score doesn't give it justice because TCU handled it. You know, they went on a big run in the to end the first half. And then from that point on, it was all Horn Frogs. Yeah, I love watching a... Team in purple beat up on Iowa State. Um, again, Iowa State, habitual bottlers. Um, they get in the national media, people pump, pimping them up as the title favorites, and they shit down their leg and basically lose by 20 at home. So good stuff. Love it. Yep. Uh, they, not, they do not have a midweek game. Uh, so as we are sitting there, the Big 12 standings are as follow. K-State alone at first place, 8-2, and two, and then there is a log jam behind us there's a three-way tie for second all guy all of them a game and a half back um eventually so we have a game in hand on all three of those teams um as long as we're taking care of business for all intents and purposes as Derek Young said it it's almost like a two-game lead um Baylor it is an official two-game lead of them uh you know as we're sitting here we're looking at the standings game and a half in on Texas Tech we've already played Tech twice Game and a half up on Iowa State. Well, they're coming to our house. We already beat them in Hilton. Game and a half on KU. We still have to go to Allen Fieldhouse. Two games on Baylor. They come to our house. Who of those teams scare you the most when you start talking about Big 12 championship? Oh, man. Of the contenders, I'd have to look at you know the remaining schedules, but it's tough. I, I think it's going to be really – I don't know if we're going to go to Allen Fieldhouse and win. Um, like if I'm looking at our remaining schedule and I think like I, there's only one game on there where, or there's two games, honestly, the Iowa state game really, really scares me. And at KU, I, every game's going to be crazy from here on out, of course, but I, I don't know. I, it's hard. I feel like they're all equally, they're all equally a threat. You kind of, you kind of got to feel like KU is pretty scary still. Just does, does it feel like they're going to turn it around at some point? Well, I mean, if if you look at if you look at KU's schedule, they very easily if they if they win at TCU on Monday, I think you know they can turn it on and legitimately talk about winning out. Yeah, they still are that talented. At the end of the day, they still are riddled with all American McDonald's all Americans and five star recruits. Um, you know, I, I think if you're talking. You know, big picture, put the dagger into KU so they 
can't go on that run. That game at TCU is massive for the entire conference. Um, I think they still are the biggest contenders, and after them, I think it's probably still Iowa State. Um, again, Iowa State has the easiest schedule of anyone uh, for the remainder of the season, so that's why that game on Saturday is so massive. Um, for the contenders, all the games, for all the contenders midweek, you know, of course, we're at Texas. KU, like I said, Monday night. So as everyone's listening to this, it's probably tonight they're playing at TCU on Big Monday. Uh, Baylor hosts Oklahoma. You know, I, I think Oklahoma is about to pack it in and just vanish. So I think Baylor gets back on the winning track. But, you know, if they lose a second home game in a row, I think you could put a fork in Baylor. They would be done. Um, and then Texas Tech is going to Oklahoma State. You know, I, I, I think that's going to be an easy win for the Red Raiders. And then over the weekend, you know, all the contenders are playing each other. Iowa State, K-State, and the Octagon of Doom. Baylor at Tech, and then KU is hosting West Virginia, so that's going to be a win uh, for them. But it's yeah, it's it's real. I mean, it's time to scoreboard watch. It's time to be watching the standings. This is this is what we dreamed about coming into the season, uh, playing for the Big Twelve title. You know, despite all the you know rocky moments, we're exactly where we wanted to be. Absolutely, every game is going to be massive now. Um, obviously, but you know, let's just. Let's just beat Texas and line the next one up. Texas is the last non-Saturday, non-big Monday game we have. After the Texas game, every game for the rest of the year is a home Saturday game and then big Monday on the road. That's insane. It's tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, well, that's it for you guys, Boneheads. Uh, sorry if uh, any if this isn't great quality. It was a Skype show. Sounds all right on my end, but you never know when we put these out there. So They're thanks for here. riding with us. Um, I don't know. Uh, Grant, do you have anything you want to say before we sign off? Keep the faith. Horns down. Yep, let's believe. Love you guys. Keep me at the cat head. Yeah. You are. My fire, the one desire, believe when I say I want it that way. But we are two worlds apart, can't reach to your heart.
Network.